Blog Talk Radio. And trying to come up with a with a master plan, and you want to be the benefactor of it. I really don't think that's fair. Um, where were you when I was crying in the corner, praying, snotting, while still trying to make a plan come together? Yet when I buy, I have to keep it on the low to avoid you side eyeing me or having your hand out. I have to downplay my glory to avoid you asking me to pay your bills, buy you a car, or finance your vacation. How did we make it when I'm the one that put in all the work? Now, granted, when I say that I put in all the work, I'm not taken away from from God by by any stretch. But I'm just simply saying it was he and I. And and not family. Uh, so I'm I'm at a loss. Uh, Caller, feel free to to call in. The number is nine two nine four seven seven two nine seven eight. I'm very interested in hearing what what you have to say about it. I've done some research and I've and I saw that there was a lot of entertainers who who um who go who went out of their way who who go back and to help parents or siblings or even the community. But just because you know, you've made it and kind of rest a certain financial status are you obligated to go back to take care of somebody or anybody even? Hello? Hey, good evening. 
so I have a question. How did we make it when I put in all the work? Well, I guess it depends on who you're talking to. Uh. Well, I mean, not 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 um, not wife and kids, but siblings and and cousins and and everyone else. Well, here's the thing. You know, um, I think that when you have people, some people view your success and just want to share part of it. And, you know, they want to, I don't want to say take credit, but they kind of want to be, you know, be like, man, yeah, that's, that's, that's my boy. You know, me and we grew up together and, and they kind of want to be in that moment with you, not necessarily ask you for anything, but they just kind of want to live in that moment with you. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, when they, they, um, I mean, they may not be doing as well as you are, but, you know, they see you and you're an inspiration. So they um, kind of grasp that and, you know, hold on to it and kind of want to rock with you in it a little bit. But then you do have those that um, make you feel somewhat obligated to help them um, because their situation hadn't changed, but yours has. And if you're doing better than I'm doing, and I'm your your daddy, I'm your mama, I'm your sister, then then because of our connection, you need to you need to be able to help me out when I'm in need. That's how some family members feel. Mm, but I, I I hear that. But why? Why were you only there? Why they only come around afterwards and not for the work? They come around for the results. They come around for the reward, but not to put in the work. So if you really want to be a part of it, you really want to be a part of it to claim something, wouldn't you put in some effort or put in some some work with me? They, they don't want to be. They don't want to be a part of what you have. They want you. They want your help. They want you to to do for them. Um, they want to be the benefactor I, I, of it. Yeah, I would say part of it is is being lazy and and not, um, you know. Uh, and I guess it kind of depends on the the upbringing as well. Um, what kind of work ethic was instilled in the person when they were coming up through the ranks? You know, they may not have the same type of work ethic that you do. And so where you may be used to getting out there grinding and, you know, um, you know, scrapping for everything that you have, they may not. They may have just been okay with the bare minimum and then someone else giving them the rest. Well, yeah, maybe so. However, <laughs> and, and I just go back to, you know, I, I recently had a, uh, a phone call, and someone asked me to pay their their car insurance, and I'm like. <laughs> 
what what the hell? Like, you want me to pay your car insurance? I've never ridden in your car. You've never invited me to ride in your car. I have no dealings with you in this car. I don't understand that. But let's look at the yeah, let's just um let me just ask you a few questions, you know. So the this person are they gainfully employed? Or do they do they work and do they get a paycheck? Um, is the first yeah, thing that I would like to ask. And then, you know, I guess my second question is is not that it's any of our business, but you know, it's we we it is not upon any one person to count somebody else's pennies. What you do with your pennies is what you do and what I do with mine is what I do. However, when someone comes to you for help, um you you have to be able to discern the legitimacy of that help. Um, if it's a situation where the person has just gotten a job and they haven't gotten a paycheck and they, they need this, you know, in the interim, then, you know, okay. If it's a situation where, you know, the person had to do one thing and couldn't afford to do both things um, related to bill-wise and is very, I would say, uh, responsible financially, then okay. Um, However, if this person, you know, always reaches out for help in one form or fashion, then, you know, I I think that your spirit of discernment should should kick in and um, you should obviously at that point decide whether you continue aiding this type of behavior or you you stop. Um, and when I say that, I say aiding is because, you know, sometimes somebody can call this month and it could be car insurance. Next month it, it could be, you know, light bill. Okay, the following month after that it could be groceries. So that pattern can keep going. And you may think you're helping this person, but truthfully, you're not helping. You're just aiding and allowing them to be financially irresponsible because you have now become their backup plan, their permanent backup plan, and that's not a position that you want to put yourself in. So I would say when you pose the question, you know, why do we make it when I'm the one who's done all the work? Yeah, we don't make it. You make it. But sometimes you bring, we had a call about baggage and, and, and luggage. And sometimes when when you feed or you continue to, to help people in, in those types of situations, you, you bring your baggage along for the ride. Well, for me, in my in my lame lame and lame brain, please define the difference between a handout and help. A handout in my mind is someone who always has their handout one way or the other. Um, a handout. 
the people who look for handouts typically aren't responsible financially. They don't. They they're the ones who, as as we've heard many times before, who beg for what they need and buy what they want. Um, mm. Those those are the folks that are always looking for handouts. Someone in need of help is employed. They are doing all that's within their power um, to be done, and for some reason or another, they fall short every once in a while. Okay, meaning um, because of the rain, they've had to, you know, crank up the air conditioner a little bit because it's been more humid and and stuffy and they've had to stay in the house um, more so or because of the heat, vice versa. But so their electric bill went up an additional $30 this month and um, that's usually – that's not normal. So they, they're trying to find a way they need help to cover this additional $30 in their light bill so they could have money for gas. Um, so it's, it's kind of like they're getting help on one thing so they can make room um, for another in order to keep on going another day. Those, that's help. Okay. Uh, okay. No, and that makes, that makes perfectly good sense. I just, uh, it, when you bite off more than you can chew, uh, when your when your 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 resources are stretched beyond, and and in certain cases, you know, things come on later on, uh, things happen unexpectedly, and you just give us a moment. Situation. I I can I can I can dig that, but you your momentary situation, your situation is is a little bit longer than momentary. If you follow me, like we talking, this has been going on for for quite some time. So when is enough? Enough without I don't want to say offending But yeah without offending Anyone else Let me me tell you where I stand with this You know this is just from my personal perspective And and just you know Personal experience and things that I've been in In positions that I've been in Number one I don't loan people money Okay I, I don't I don't pay I don't pay anybody else's bills I don't because of that very reason, right there. If I feel like if you go into doing it, um, loaning someone money or paying someone bills, paying someone's bills, especially when it comes to family, then you just got to be prepared to give it away. And if you can't afford to give it, then the answer should be no, because when it comes to family, especially they in lending money in my personal experience and in my family, that doesn't go well because, you know, I'm going to lend you a hundred dollars 
in January and you tell me you're going to pay me back when you get your taxes in, in March, okay? Now, here I am in January. I'm doing pretty good, you know, um, come March. Different things have happened, and um, I'm struggling, and I call you back in March, and, you know, I'm, I'm asking for your help. Well, your situation has, has, hasn't has changed because you didn't get the amount of tax money that you thought you were going to get back, and the bills that you had to cover were in excess. So you don't have my money. Okay, now I have a problem. Because when I loaned you that money, you never said it was contingent upon how much you got back on taxes. You told me you was going to pay me when you got your tax return. The amount that you got has nothing to do with me. So that creates a risk in the family. That creates a risk in our relationship because now I'm struggling and I really need my money. And, and, you know, now you don't have it because your situation didn't come out as expected. So things like that always tend to happen when you lend money to family. So if you don't have it to give, then don't spare it at all. As far as persons, a person situation where they don't, there's no advancing. They have a job, they've been working a job, and they've been getting steady paychecks, but there's no pay raise. There's no, you know, you're a good worker, let me promote you to a shift supervisor, or there's none of that happening. Then that person has to be able to live within the boundaries of their performance. And if they cannot, then that isn't your problem. Because I believe so, that God that God puts us in situations and you know if God blesses us with a job, it's on us to be able to to get out there and work it in such a way where we get some type of advancement. Dig it. So now when you talk about advancement, you know I I know uh quite a few people that, that's just satisfied with the title versus the conversation that go that comes along with it. The, more so in the older generation, that's what it is. You know, younger generation they've wised up some and it's like I need my my paycheck to reflect my 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 title or my responsibilities. Even. I think that's our generation. You're right. The the older generation, you know, they but then you have to think about it too. They came up in a different in a different time where, you know, uh, when you at the bottom of the food chain and you make supervisor, then, you know, you may have only gotten a quarter a quarter overall per hour raise from, you know, washing dishes to being supervisor, but guess what? Um, for some cultures, a su- being a supervisor, that was unheard of. So absolutely, uh, their goal was to get that title and perform to the best of the ability because we had to show and prove. I think that's the era of the older generation before us. Our generation, you're right. You know, it's I, I tell you all day, I'm worth more than what I make make it pretty good, you know, do okay for myself, but it, 
I'm worth more, you know, pay me more. And at the, I, I don't think that our generation will ever look at our paychecks when you work for a corporation um, and say, yeah, I make what I'm worth. I, I don't think that anybody, any one of our, on our generation can do that. But then you have, I don't know, is, is, it, is it Generation X that's that's coming just below us? And their thought process is, you know, it really doesn't matter how much you pay me. I just want to feel like I'm part of a team. You know, give, you know, I, I, I like the camaraderie. I like the, the, you know, the happy hours where we're able to go and, and just feel like we're part of something bigger than ourselves. That's what they look for. So, you know, I guess it does depend on what generation you're from as far as, you know, what you would consider advancement. Okay. Well, okay, when, I, when I say advancement, I'm I'm not uh, – being the younger generation, uh, it's, I can care less about what you call me as long as you put some respect on it and put some commas and decimals on it. That that's where it makes sense for me because the the responsibility and the obligations that I have to the ones who can who can benefit from my my hard work that's what they rely on for them to be comfortable. A title I can care less about because that's just <laughs> it's just what it is. It looks good on paper, but in actuality, for the performance that I put on, I'm gonna need you to pay me accordingly. Because you can give me the the the, the job, and with those jobs comes responsibility. So I think you need to compensate me fairly. So and that is true, and that that's what I say when you have these people who you know, are looking for handouts constantly, they have to they have to want that for themselves. They have to want to be you know, they have to have that fight in them to say, you know, look, I've been working here for four years, I've been making the same thing for four years and I can't afford you know, I got the same bills that I had four years ago. Every year, you know, cost of living goes up, I don't get but you know, a ten cent pay raise. You know, I need more. They have to be able, willing to have those hard conversations with their employers to see if, if for nothing else, to see how much they're worth. Um, we're all replaceable. So, you know, I don't think for a minute that anyone should ever be afraid of going for or fighting for what they feel they deserve when it comes to compensation. Um, because I think that whether you go and fight for that or not, you, you're replaceable regardless. Um, but I think it's worth taking that chance. And for those people who are complacent with mediocrity or in having, you know, wanting and needing handouts, then I think it's a shame, you know, because I can't ever see myself stagnant. Okay, so to the topic, how how did we make it when I put in all the work? Okay, I'm I'm comparing that. I'm 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 thinking. My idea is that it's 
financially, right? So if we make it, if we have, let's say we make $10 million, does that make it easier to, as you say, give it away, give money away? Or does it still require or, or is it still contingent upon you being a responsible adult? You got to be a responsible adult. The Bible says be a good steward. The money, you know, you understand the money that we make does not belong to us. So, you know, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to quote the Bible. I just know that in in my learning of the Bible and, and in the relationship um, that I have, you know, in my faith, I, I I know that the Bible does say be a good steward. Um, and I that's a, over all things. That's over be a good steward over your finances, over your family, over your children, over, you know, everything that God has blessed you with because it's all temporary here. So if you get $10 million, just because you have $10 million don't mean that it's okay for you to – Spend unwisely or, you know, just continue. How? Let me just ask this. How much do you think you benefit someone if every time they call and are in need, you give? Do you think you teach them how to fish or do you think every time they call, you're just going to give them a fish? I would rather well, teach someone how to fish than to feed absolutely. them once. So you oh, don't absolutely. want to, just because you have $10 million, you know, you don't want to say, you know what, whenever they call, I, say, I got it, let me go ahead and get No, be a good steward because there may be, you know, there may be something else that that requires your attention. And if we're in the business of giving handouts, um, we're, we can't be in the business of, giving blessings when, when God calls upon upon us to do so. Okay. Well, so if you this this time that you don't come through, do you feel convicted as though, you know, because it's also biblical about charity? Yeah, but what is charity? You understand what I'm saying? Like, Everybody's personal finances and personal or, okay, everyone's misuse of their personal finances and always being in need, that's not charity. Charity would would be the, the veteran who has gone multiple times for um, assistance and gone on multiple interviews, but because of PTSD, no one will hire them and they need help. That's, you know, that's, that's in my mind, a part of charity, you know, donating to the ones who try and, and can't because the world keeps them Stuck in their um, in their mind of PTSD and keeps them stuck, um, stagnant in their situation. Um, someone getting up, going to work, 
and getting a paycheck and doing whatever they want to do instead of what they need to do. That's not charity. Well, I know that it does say, you know, one's love for God must exceed his love for all material things, which tells me that if you're going to, if someone comes to you, you know, the God that you serve, put it on your heart to give to this person. He's supposed to do it with all your might. That is, even at the cost of all your wealth. Therefore, at times, a person must sacrifice all his possessions for the sake of God, even though he is not required to give his life. So if somebody comes to you in in need and is with, with, within reason, as long as it's not putting your life or your family at jeopardy, you're supposed to do so. Hold if that thought. you can afford it. Hold, hold that thought. I'm going to bring in... Uh, I'm bringing my brother from from California here. I know he got a good word for me. Rev, you on the line? Yes, sir. It's Pastor Dodge and CEO. Greetings to the panel and all the other wonderful spirits that are here in this wonderful war. Amen. I'm here. Okay. We're talking about how did we make it when I put in all the work. As far as... as, um, the obligation of a, a quote-unquote successful person uh, to, I guess, carry carry the entire family up. Not his immediate family, but the entire family. And what's your thoughts on that? Okay, well, on the first part of that question, let, let's break down the word family. We live in an age now where the family isn't always what it used to be, where it's the people that are related to by blood, and depending on what level, like uh, they got first cousins, second cousins, third cousins, fourth cousins, and depending on how close to the bloodline you was, you would get the uh, the, the great uh, rewards and benefits. But now <clears throat> we have more family on a digital situation. It's people that I don't know, never talk to, never touch, they get more stuff done for me in a 10-minute period, and it's people I see mm-hmm. every day, all day, 45 times a day, and I can't get them to move two feet. So mm-hmm. um, the the world has changed in how we move. And, again, uh, you know uh, I'm real big on technology. We pass off negative news faster than positive news. So when the family members go through issues, they don't talk about uh, Johnny going, hey, this is my family. I'm talking about my family personally. My my little sister, I, I, I'm the, the oldest, eldest out of five siblings. My, my little sister went to Bolivia on a mission to go help build some wells and, and feed some kids. Nobody talked about it. Nobody said anything on Facebook. Yeah. The moment her and her husband got in a fight, the police was called, and it was said that her husband might have a domestic violence situation. Everybody wanted to throw the police officer under the bus. And mm-hmm. never mind, for like seven, eight years, everything's been cool. And if it wasn't cool, nobody said nothing to me. So I, I say that to say we as a people, we've gotten confused. Uh, we do work hard, and we do deserve our success, but the question is how do you measure success? 
Some people that's homeless in a box, they feel that that's success. That's as far as they want to go. They say, I don't want to be a part of the system. Some people that have a, a six-figure-a-year job, they don't have time to hug their kids and go and have fun at the Chuck E. Cheese. And some people that work at the McDonald's, they have more time than not to hug their kids, but they don't want to hug their kids because they want to do other things that just foreign fun to them. So all these things, when I answer that question for myself, I know I'm running for president in 2024, and I know that that's going to change my whole family for a whole long time. But me putting my family on my back, I'm glad they put me through the negative experiences because I can see eye to eye with multiple people. But if I would have picked my family members, I would have chose some other people. I wouldn't have picked none of them, not in my mother, my father, nothing. But my personal choice <laughs> is not my choice, and that's what's going to make me a good leader because I don't think about myself. I think about the majority so we all can win. Absolutely. So for me, when, when, I'm, when, I, when I had this thought came to me, I, I had a, a situation where someone called me. Well, no, I'm going to backtrack. They text me and tells me and accuse me you know, as though it's my fault that their car insurance has been canceled. And I'm like, well, mine isn't. That's my responsibility to make sure that my family is good. The ones who, you know, who's there to say, Daddy, that's a different story. That's a different story. Because at the end of the day, what, what Jesus did on the mount, and I'm going to take it straight to Scripture. But Jesus did on the mount, he said, go get the fish and give me that fish and let me break it up into pieces. He never said he didn't feed the disciples before they got to working. But he also said, remember now, he also said, now, the word is, but he taught the man how to fish instead of giving him a fish. He said, you'll never go hungry. It said, well, the idea, now he said, the premise was to never be hungry. He'll never have to ask for another fish. If he was taught how to fish, but yeah, and it's wrong. If, okay, at the end of the day, okay, let me just keep one hundred. Your butt can only sit in one seat, so why should I have to pay for yours? I can't drive it at the same time you're driving it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I can pay for both of the cars simultaneously, but I can't drive it. So when you get into personal, it's like, hey, at one hundred percent logic. <laughs> so should so so for. You know, for should we carry any guilt from, you know, for not paying the car insurance? You know what I'm saying? Or, okay, or doing... I feel like this. If you've done it for 40 times and it gets to 41 and you've already gave them the, oh, you know, I'm a little tired. Mm-hmm. This is like 28. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little tired. This is 35. But when it gets to 40 and say, this is it, and then they call you back and then get irate with you. You just smile and say, "Hey, you know, I don't need that energy." Because at the end of the day, it's gonna it's gonna eat you alive because you're so used to doing it. And sometimes you have to say no, mm-hmm. and then it hurts. You know what I'm saying? And it hurts because you, the ones you love the most, when they make you say no, it changes the whole playing field of that relationship afterwards. And this is how we are as black people. And I got to keep 100 because I'm a brother and I'm black. If I do 100 things with you, right? We cool. I do another 100 things with you, right? We cool. He's the best. Mm-hmm. 300. I love this brother. This is my family. 301, it's a problem. I'm telling everybody. 
And now every relationship that we ever had and ever talked to has all been burnt up from one bad situation. So I feel mm-hmm. like if, if my brother don't want to pay the car insurance or put down or put four or five dollars on his drink and he's in AA and he don't want to drink no more, he's like, I don't want to help you. I mean, I had to go through that with my uh, with my overseer. He was like, look, I don't drink no more and I don't smoke cigarettes no more, so don't ask me for no money to buy no cigarettes for you. And I couldn't get mad at him. I'm like, okay. You're trying to stop it, but if you pay for my habit, you might not be doing it, but you're enabling me. Enabler. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. good. So that, so that, that word right I'm there just changed the whole game. Enabler. I'm, I'm listening. Game. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm 100% here. So for me, it was a time where I know in, in the Bible where God talks about the storehouse. Right, you put it pretty much setting aside for a rainy day, essentially, and you had the this person had the opportunity to set up the storehouse and would have had a nice little 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 situation, but didn't, and now you've blown all this money and you reaching out to me. I don't think that's fair. Personally, now I'm not I'm not looking for anybody to tell me whether I'm right or wrong because at the end of the day, I'm the only one that's got to live and hold down my decision. But I personally don't don't think that that's fair for you to come to me when you had it. I can dig that. What do you say? I can dig that. You know, from from a personal perspective, is you know when when I was growing up and um, had a situation, you know, like my mom and the is an alcoholic, and let's just put that out there. And um, she she would always call, and if I were going to visit her, and she found out I was coming to visit her. I would always have to stop and get a beer. I would always have to stop and, and you know, go to the uh, liquor store, spirit store, whatever, you know, it's called in, in different places. So um, it got to a point where I, I did it, and I picked her up one one day, and I took her, and I said, you know, I'm not spending my money no more on on that for you. You know, anything else you need, I do, but I will no longer support and be a part of your habit. So I picked her up, took her to the store, and lo and behold, we were in a, in a car accident. And um, I actually got to see her true colors at this point because at that point, um, she immediately wanted to, to get money. Um, and, and at this point, she was going to do whatever it took, whether it was sue my insurance company or sue me, or if if pursuing the person that had hit us didn't pan out in her favor. And at at that point, you know, I had to stop and I had to reevaluate and just say, like, look, you know, I'm done. You know, not only will I not give you any any money or, or endorse or support your habit, I, I can't do anything for you financially either because, you know, you're looking to drain me dry and it's by any means necessary. And so 
you want to not get in the habit of doing things like that because when you get to a situation and somebody shows you who they are and and it's about money, then you're going to end up having to, to back away anyway. Well, money, anytime money come into play, um, it's, it's, it has always brought out the ugliness in people. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's what what I don't get. Why you want me to feel guilty? Because I'm up countless hours trying to make a plan come together. The right way. The right way. Now, eh, if I was doing some some wrong, maybe I wouldn't, you know, feel as bad. You know, I feel like I do good and God to keep good in my life and keep the police off my back. But that's not the situation. You end up going to work every day, tired, no matter the weather, feet hurting, head hurting, and you want me to just give it to you? Not like pimping me out, but (laughs) pimping me out. Oh God! Oh, can I can I say something? And, and I I want to make sure that we don't get this miscombobulated and confused. Uh, this is Pastor Don G, CEO, Entertainment Worldwide Network. Uh, one of the things that we get confused is the OG call and the actual uh, coming through, come repeatedly, unrepeatedly. Meaning, um, you got some people that you ride with, and sometimes people they might go hard for twenty nine days and get to that thirty and thirty first day, and they need a favor. And they've been good for it. If they ever, you call them and say, hey, my tire's flat. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. Come pick me up. Cool. You get a DUI. You ask them to get out of jail. No questions asked. They don't give you no problems. They come get you. Y'all don't say nothing about that work. Everybody's cool. But then it's those situations where it's somebody that you know, and I got to take it to something simple just for an analogy situation. They smoke cigarettes. Every time they see you, they ask for a cigarette. Every time you see them, they have no cigarettes to give them. But every time they get a pack of cigarettes and you come up, it's like, oh, man, how do you finish a cigarette? Every time I see you, but every time you see me, I got a fresh pack. You don't have none for me. And then when they get their money on the first, you can't find them for the first seven eight days. At that point, then the energy that you have saying, I done worked hard for it, you can't have it. That's the proper energy to apply to the situation. Now, with the other situation, this is my partner, this is my ace, Boom Coon, and he's asked me because I'm down on my luck, you can't kick a dog when they down. That's the that's the flip side to that coin. You get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Some people actually really genuinely need the help. At the end of the day, they so erratic about their situation, they don't know how to ask for it properly. They spit in your face and then say, can you go make me a plate? Mm-hmm. Well, it, that 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 could be the case, but I believe that I'll be a fool to uh, to accept that type of behavior. If you want me to do something, you got to come at me properly. If you want the outcome that that you, that you want, of course. But if you spit in my face, or or you, you know, <laughs> slap me, or whatever the case may be, and turn around and that doesn't. That doesn't. It's not going to get you what you're looking for, or what you want. Right. It'll give you what you're looking for, but it ain't going to give you what you want. 
Well, you know, and what I mean by that is when you get to a certain point in some relationships, and I'm going, I'm not taking it away from the subject, but I'm going to cover the uh, the town hall meeting because we have a lot of different people. Your numbers are large, and it's a vast audience. And when we think about the on demand, millions and millions of listeners going to listen to this for history. So I'm putting it down now. Uh, in some relationships, it's not necessarily the act of somebody. It's spitting in your face. It's just doing stuff that's really nasty, mean, and ugly, and then turn around saying, give me the money for the rent or give me the money for the light bill or give me some gas money. On I either side, it could, be the, it could be the man doing the woman like that or the woman doing the man like that. So, like, like everything that you're saying is 100% on point. I agree. Um, all I'm saying is at some point, at some point, I can't enable you. I can't continue Correct. to carry you now. If you was now, if you was disabled, that's a horse of a different color. But you have able-bodied. You you can go out here and get it. So I have a question because uh, you know, like we all we all have family and we all have different experiences within with within family. So my question would be is when you have someone, um, like the pastor said, when you when you have someone who uh spin in your face and then say, Go get me a plate, what what do you do with people like that? You say you, you just get rid of the negative energy. Um, do you do that regardless of the relationship or should I say bloodline connection? For me, I I would. I mean, whose who, whose blood ran through you? In my opinion, isn't isn't of greater importance than who the relationship you had. Um, mm-hmm. Me personally, I can't guarantee that God and myself have the same bloodline. However, I do know the relationship that He and I have. You follow me? So that's to me more important than whose blood run through you. Like the pastor said earlier, I know some people who 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 have been there and I've only known them a couple years versus people I've known all my life who have never been there. They've never asked me for anything, I've never given it and I've never offered. That worked for us. Yeah, so, you know, when we talk about family, like he he did cover earlier, it's about those who basically get out and stand in the pain with you or stand in the rain with you when when you in need and you do vice versa for them Um, versus some of those family members, obviously, that you've known all your life and, and shoot, you, you can only find them two or three times a year, Labor Day, you know, the... Fourth July and, and Christmas when you when you barbecuing and you got a nice stash of liquor sitting out. Right. Hey man, hey man, y'all hit a dead in the middle. That was perfect. Yeah, I, you know what? I wish y'all could go on tour with me because y'all translated it very well. I felt like I was over in a, in, a, in, a, uh, in a whole different country, and it's like this is what he really meant. Because sometimes as a pastor, my answers could be too long winded, and I'm working on that. I'm a uh, I'm a, a bear no nonsense, tell it all, 
if somebody come and bring it to you before I brought it to you, it's a lie because I'm going to tell you before you. Eminem is like one of my favorite artists of all time. And when he did that movie, Eight Miles, the way he did the battle at the end of the movie is the way that I preach. It's better for me to tell you the truth, not to scare you, but to tell you the truth. I don't get down with those preachers. Oh, man, if you smack your brother because he smacked you first, you're going to go to hell. That's, it don't work that way. Jesus died for all of our sins, so it's nothing in the sun that's going to send us to hell other than us purposely attending the ghost. So it's a lot of things that people don't understand about the spirit world, and because of the religion and division, we don't understand how much we've been broken in our religion of taking care of ourselves. Mm. So when y'all bringing these topics, it's just like, wow, like, Y'all saying some real stuff, and y'all bringing out stuff that I buried. It's like the Hurricane Katrina's happening. All the stuff I buried 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago is just floating up, and I'm like, wow. Keep doing what y'all doing, man. Y'all on the phone. It's, it's history-breaking, but enjoy it now because when you're 80 or 90, you won't be able to appreciate it as much, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And we're going to do, do everything that we can do because it's not – it's not for for me anymore, <laughs> but it's it's still for me. You know what I mean? It's more so for the, the for other people to learn from, to m- maneuver and or mitigate way through life without these these hangups. Because a lot of times we we carry a lot of baggage. So if you know that somebody else is going through the same thing that you've gone through, and now you have luggage instead of baggage, you have lessons. So that's the only thing we're trying to do is just move forward and 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 help people grow without baggage. Powerful words. Well spoken. Very well spoken. I know you got something good to say, sister. I'm sorry. Say that again? I said I know the sister. I, I, I'm sorry I didn't catch her name, but I know she has something really wonderful to say. You know, it's funny because I was actually just thinking about a little bit about what you said. I spoke to my husband earlier and we were talking about, you know, you you say um when you when you preach, you you try to you you give us truth. And um I was just thinking, you know, like way way back when the when I was growing up, um went to church, grew up in church, but uh when we got the word, it wasn't it wasn't the delivery of, of how we receive it now in, in terms that we understand where we can apply to life. It was more of a fear tactic. You know, like we were scared into loving Jesus. Um, we were scared into, you know, into believing and having faith versus being told the truth and this is how you live it. Like when you use the example of um Gosh, I forgot the example you just used. But when you use the example of of going to to hell, and you said, you know, no, that's not, you know, that's not going to happen unless you are intended to go. Then, you know, I think it's important that when we have opportunities and calls like this, that we actually let callers know exactly that. You know, you can be out in this world, and you, no one is perfect, but you can mess up and still fall down on your knees and pray and ask for forgiveness and get up to live another day and try and do it right the next time. What well, that, um, well, that's the But, you know, at some point we were all sinners, right? Correct. 100%. You know, yeah, we were. So, we were. So, 
you know, like I was telling my husband earlier, it's, you know, I, I find it hard that we live in, hard to believe that we live in such a world where so many different things are going on, and um, the it, it seems like it's harder for us to walk into a church and be accepted for our faults and, and learn how to grow in Christ than it is for us to sign up and go and fight a war. You know, it, in, in order for me to be able to to walk into a church and be accepted, I got to go through membership classes, and someone has to teach me how to how to move in a church or how to how to be a member. And you know, all I'm doing is trying to save my life, literally save my life by turning it over to to God and and getting you know, the spiritual help that I need. I got kicked out of the church and said amen. And they said, you can't say amen in our church. And you can't clap like that and praise God in our church. And I, I thought it was just a Shirley Caesar song. And it was just like, you know, sometimes a rap, rappers sing and make up lyrics. Not necessarily making up lyrics, but they're giving analogies and they're reporting. Mm-hmm. But I really, really got kicked out. Like, I really got kicked out of the church and it scored out. So I'm saying to y'all like this. Uh, the church hurt is the worst hurt in the world just from what the sister just said. When you're going to the hospital and you're leaking a quarter ounce of blood every five minutes, you don't want anybody to tell you, let me just stab you some more and send you away. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you call 911 and they show up and they say, no, no, I need you to go ahead and perform surgery on me. Here, Here's the clear machine. You you put me back to life. You know, it, it it's out of place. So that's why I'm running for president. Um, we lack the resources of platforms like this where you can actually say what you feel, feel what you say, not be stomped on, but at the end of the day be enlightened. Like, well, let me go research that. Does that really happen? And that's what I'm here for. I don't want you to buy into everything that I say and do it like I do it. I'm the you on the matrix. What I do, you can't do. I want you to be who you are and be better at you being you. And if everybody be the best person they are, we'll all win. Now, we got haters. People don't hate. I mean, I, I'm racist. I'm not going to lie. It's certain times at night that I won't go out the house because I know I'm going to get stopped by the police, and I'm not going to be able to explain myself. I'm intoxicated. I don't feel good. I had a bad day. So I choose to stay at home. Now, not everybody mm-hmm. can think it through that far, but after you've been locked up over 45 times for nonsense, you get to the point and say, hey, Maybe I might not want to go out the house, but everybody has to learn their experience at their own will. So I say these things, mm-hmm. man. Um, y'all are doing something special. Don't stop. And sometimes you might feel like it's nobody listening, and it's that call it, that call it, in the last three minutes that changed the whole energy of the show and changed your whole energy for the evening. And then it's a call you can't see that downloads the show that got millions of dollars that call you back and mm. say, well, I've been listening for the 300 episodes, and I just didn't want to say nothing because I didn't think y'all was real, but the last caller blew my mind, and now I'm Diddy Warbucks, and I got money. And then, boom, everything changes. It happened to T.D. Jakes, and this was before the Internet. If you Google and mm-hmm. Wikipedia T.D. Jakes' story, the producer's about to kill himself because of the hate, the haters, giving away too much money, making bad family business deals, the same stuff y'all talking about. And it comes with a five-letter word called stress, but that's a whole other show. Mm-hmm. But because of the hate, he was about to murder himself, seeing T.D. Jakes, got empowered, got back on his feet. He said, you know what, I'm going to stand up. And a lot of times, um, and I got to say this, this is racist, but I got to keep it 100, what I learned. I lived in 40 out of 50 states. When rich white people owe thousands and millions of dollars, they don't 
fight against each other, they go on vacation. They go get their hair cut. Come on now. Shit. When black people that, right. that kind of money, we gonna fight. We getting domestic violence charges. We cussing each other, you know, low right piece of shit. And all these things happen for a reason, and it builds our faith. So all I know is like this. God would never leave you and forsake you, but at the end of the day, only a few soldiers can be generals where it's empty and plant a seed and get that harvest. Everybody can harvest during the war or during the battle. Absolutely. Most people, they just want to sit and wait on the relief and the supplies, but if you want to defile your soldier and break up your enemy, cut out their resources, cut out their education, mm-hmm. their knowledge, their love, their spirit, their ideal on who they are when all civilization came from Africa. I mean, it's 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 duly noted. So at the end of the day, it starts. If you think about human life, we start as an infantile. We grow up and our evolve to our prime, and we go back to being infantile. What you gonna do mm-hmm. with your twenty four hours a day? That's it. Agreed. You know what's funny? I got I've got kicked out of three churches, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I wasn't. Wow. I wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. But in my opinion, like you said, you know, this this is the house of God. How you? I come here for help. How you gonna? Turn me away if this is what you're supposed to do. Um, anyhow, anyhow, to, to 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 not to get into that, but I believe that when it comes to I wasn't raised in the church. I wasn't raised with with religion. I was more so raised with with spirituality. I was raised with faith. So what I knew was faith without any distortion. You know what I mean? Without any type of limits by religion you limited God. God is above all, regardless of the denomination, regardless of what he is, all. So with that being said, your, your story, I, I, I love the story, the little bit that I've heard. When it comes to me knowing God, and loving God and the faith that I have in God, he, he, he gives us things for a reason. He put us through stuff for a reason, from drug dealing to kicked out of church to uh, to the show. But none of it has to be or is supposed to be for us if we're to give testimony to show how good how merciful, how great God is. Am I wrong? No, you're no, right. No. right. You, uh, you, and, and I want to say this, and when you break that word down, it's a test. It's a test, and it's like when you think of alimony, this is the um, reward of the test. It's the, uh, the reverence of the situation. Um, as crazy as it may sound, a lot of these words that we say, we don't even look at, you know, and like when you think of the word level, it's balanced, and either way you spell it backwards and forwards, it's still the same. Everything that we're doing right now is off the spirit with the energy. You got to meet it with the with the right energy, but you got to move like the wind, You you and then you got to be, you got to be there. You got to be in the right spirit, you know, even though you got the right energy and you're pumped. You can look around here and say, oh, man, these are some real quiet people. I think I need to leave the room. And it might sound crazy, but if you're too pumped in a room with millionaires and you blow your deal and you're in the shark tank and you're just losing your mind, they escort you out. 
you can't get a second chance with the first impression. I said, I have to say, mm-hmm. man, it took 4,500 radio shows for me to actually come in here like I got some sense. Two or three shows in, was nothing like this. Dig it, dig it, dig it. Well, I want to I want to welcome Pastor Robinson to the line, Pastor. Yes, sir. Good evening. Before you even get started, before you get started, I want to say, on this show, is one of the first times in all my life. I have been in the presence of two pastors. <laughs> wow. And he didn't get kicked out. And I didn't well, get kicked out. Thank God. Well, look at him. Well, you know what? Jesus hung between between two thieves, so, you know. <laughs> so look at it that way, man. Nah, just joking. Well, congratulations if you see it that way, man. But listen, outside of God, you're just as important as anybody else. Don't you ever... You know, look down or whatever. Your voice matters, and you know, pastoring is um, what God has chosen us to do. And, uh, and I thank God so much for that. But you have a voice also. You have a, you know, a testimony. You have uh, people that you can reach. So we all have an assignment in life, man. And uh, pastoring just happens to be mine. So don't know the topic tonight, but um, it's good to hear and and feel. Once I got on the line, I could feel. Uh, just a just a the positive spirit on the line, so that's a good thing to feel. Hey man, I, 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 wanna, I gotta say this. Please, I gotta man. jump in there. I get. I, I gotta. I gotta snatch the mic because he, he he came in and dropped the mic. Now, first off, when when I heard your vibration of your voice, I heard the uh, the, the Bill Willis "Ain't No Sunshine" when she gone. When that song comes on, you like whoa, everything just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say this A, a lot of this uh, walk with the spirit And actually bringing spirits to life Like women can bring spirits from the spirit world And make them real people These ideals and stuff that's being discussed here Is not by chance This destiny is not for everybody And not everybody can accept the call Many are called but few are chosen So you just blew me away with just saying hello But just understanding Just the way you're laughing you see things that I can't see in the spirit. Definitely make sure you call me after the show because people like you, I don't care how much I know the word of God, I have to fall under the right people. And Bush, I hate to say it, even though I hated him as a person, I honored what he did as a wise man, surround himself with people that were smarter than him to hold the highest mm-hmm. office in America. Yes, sir. Who can fight that? So um, yes, my number is 818 818- Three five eight five seven two two. Hopefully, somebody, one of your secretaries, or somebody can write that down. But I definitely need to speak to you after the show because I feel like with your guidance, it, I'm ninety eight percent of where I need to be, and I don't know it all. But with you helping, that's really going to open a lot of doors. So, with that being said, sir, I yield you back your show. But the anointing is moving in that brother. When, when you got opportunity, I'm a, it, it's like the uh, the the lady grabbed the Jesus garment. Like, let me hold on real quick because I let him go and miss my opportunity. You feel Look me? At you man. Look at uh, you. I will I will make sure that uh, Pastor have your number, um, so that y'all can connect. Pastor, we was talking about uh, how did we make it when I put in all the work. Talking about uh, leechers and 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 hell, donkey riders. You know what I mean? Like I'm putting in the work. I'm doing all the, but yet 
you want to be the benefactor of it when my true obligation is to continue to thank God and realize that it's not about me or, or you, but it's about him and doing right by my family, my family being my wife and my kids. Right, right. Well, I got, um, again, without hearing what you guys actually um, uh, really, really discussing, I got uh, just two things kind of jumped in my spirit when you said that. Number one, just to kind of put it in perspective, I, I look at it like this. You know, uh, uh, um, an apple tree produces apples, but you've never seen the apple tree eat the apples. The apples are for someone else, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, the other example that I have is very simple. You know, everything Jesus went through wasn't because Jesus did something right or because, I mean, because Jesus did something wrong or because Jesus needed something. He suffered and struggled and sacrificed, you know, on behalf of other people. And, uh, you know, much of what we go through, you know, is uh, to be an example, to be a testimony, uh, or it's to benefit others, you know. And as we go through it, it strengthens us. And, you know, I'm not going to say that we uh, don't enjoy the spoils, but for me personally, man, um, if life is all about a house and a car, then as long as I got good credit and work hard, I can get that. You know, that's got to be something deeper than that. There has to be a purpose, you know, down here. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't want to go through what I go through, but one of the most satisfying things in the world is to see someone benefit from your sacrifice, to see a life turned around, to see a family come together, to see a community, you know, some kind of way stop fighting. That means the world, man. It really does. And uh, I can, so I can dig that. You know, yeah. And and that's that's there's just something about it's just something about that sacrifice. But now, once we do make the sacrifice, it's not about the sacrifice. It's about the obedience. Once we're obedient to God, you know, God has His own way of rewarding us. He's not paying us, but He rewards us. And what He gives us enables us to keep going. You know. Um, Every time I stop one thing and I'm like, wow, God, we this assignment is finished, you know. Every stop is a new start. As soon as I finish this one, it's like, okay, on to the next thing now. So uh, that's the way it is. Yeah, that's just the way that, that it is. And I, to be honest with you, man, I, I complain from time to time, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I would not have okay. it any other way. Okay, great to hear. And I love you for it, and I, and I know you wouldn't. I'm going to ask both of you this question. The difference between help and a handout. If some come, someone comes to you who you know been doing their thing and they just fall a little short and they need a little help to hold them over to payday or somebody who's always, and, the, and, the, and, the, and Pastor Don mentioned earlier, who always come around that you, you turn into their enabler. <laughs> yeah, now, God didn't call me to be a crutch. He didn't, he didn't call me. He didn't call me to just be a crutch for a person all the time. Was, all the time. Now that wasn't your calling. That wasn't your charge. Nah, nah. He didn't call me to be a. He, he didn't call me to be a fool. Now, man. So I, I'm not supposed supposed to walk around with sucker on my head. You know, you got to give people the right kind of help. You know, you got to give people the right kind of help. And 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 that's hard to do. You you don't sit around and judge them, but that very um, 
word that we were talking about when I first got on, you guys were talking about, you know, the spirit of God or whatever. Uh, to be honest with you, if you are uh, got yourself connected to God, the spirit of God will let you know, you know what, bless that person. Be a blessing to them. He'll also tell you, you know what, pray for that one. Just pray for that one. You know, so everybody don't need, uh, you know, sometimes we don't know what we need as people. Sometimes we think we need money, but in reality, we just need a job. You know, so it just depends. We got to make sure God never, this is amazing, God never gives me uh, what I ask for, not on a regular basis. I can ask God for something, and what he does give me is what I really needed anyway. It's like, wow, I I didn't see it that way. You know, he he knows exactly uh, what I need, and since I'm so, you know, um, um, caught up in my flesh, Basically, everything that I pray for and we pray for as people, we want relief. We want it to stop. We want the the pain to stop. We want the issues to resolve. We want all of these things, you know. But God sometimes just says, you know what, that's not what you need. You you need to go through this. You need to experience this. You know, my prayer is God bring me out. And God says, listen, I'll take you through, but I'm not going to bring you out. And uh, so that's just that's how I see it. Now that doesn't mean that it works this way for the other brother on the phone. I'll respect anything he has to say. But um, over these years, man, it has been amazing to uh, run into all these opportunities to where, okay, Lord, what do I do? You know, what do I do about this situation? They're asking for help, you know. And early on, I was gun holes like. Oh man, you want something to eat? Here's ten dollars. Well, it didn't take long before I ran out of my ten dollar bills, and so now if they want something to eat, you know what? There's a restaurant over here. Let's go over here. You know, I'll I'll give you something uh, or or whatever, whatever. And while you're here, listen, man, are you you know you're working? What's what's going on with you? And you know they they need somebody to listen to. You know, so they really didn't need food. They needed a lunch partner. Somebody to listen to them, so it's um it's a slippery slope, and folks are not going to like the way you do it. But you just got to be connected to God, so that God can, as He says in His Word, He can order your steps. And if God's going to order your steps, He'll order your stops also, meaning that He'll tell you what to do. But you just got to listen. Dig it, dig it. Thank you, Pastor Don. I am here, man, and I and I do concur and agree 100. Uh, percent And I, I and I'm gonna go to the other side of the coin, meaning that um, when I look at help and support, I look at it on a, on a, uh, on a situational level. Meaning, if we're in a counseling session and I give you wisdom ahead of the situation happen, it's not help at that point. It becomes support because I uh, the way I was raised. It's all prevention over cure. If you can wear a condom, you won't have a baby, and you won't have a, a trip to the SED department at the health mm-hmm. clinic. You know, you mm-hmm. just stop it ahead of time. That just makes it easier. And uh, mm-hmm. even in the Bible, when they got that scripture where they was like, if you can't sleep with one woman, don't sleep with a lot of women. You know, just don't do it. You know, so uh, for me, I don't mind supporting my members, but at the end of the day, the help is. When they come to me with a situation, that's my key point for me to get ahead of it with help. But if I talk to them 
and they don't follow the instructions that I'm not saying I know everything, but I'm smart enough to go get on the phone and ask somebody else if I don't know and say, hold on, let me do the Regis and Kathy Lee. I mean, who wants to be a millionaire? Uh, let's dial a lifeline, phone a friend, a 50-50. I don't want to give you no bad situation because I'm responsible for it. But at the same time, in you know, uh, the book of Proverbs 3-5, people drop out their scripture, never throw good but it's and then it says at the end of that scripture from those who deserve it, and it took me many years. I've been pastoring for twelve years. The first day I lost that. You know, I, I missed that part. It says from those who deserve it. So again, it goes into if if they coming to me for help, that's one thing. But support is a whole other situation. Now, if I'm looking for support from my homeboys. I'm looking, I don't need your help. I don't need you to come do it one time. I need you to do it every day, all day, because if you ask me for it, I can't tell you no as fast as you can tell me no. No, nah, Pastor, I got something to do, man. I I, I, I can't clean up the church. No, nah, Pastor, I, I got to go see this one. No, nah, Pastor, nah, I don't, don't want to hear it right now. But when you ask me and you need help with your light, you need your uh, rent paid, you need me to sign a paper so you get out of your community service, get you a car, a house, I have no problem clearing my schedule getting those kind of things done. So with all that stuff being on my desk and dealing with all these people that I deal with, uh, those words those words are sometimes they co-mingle. I don't know if anybody knows anything about finances, but you're supposed to have stuff separate, but those words get real co-mingled. And I'm a, a uh, say it right now in front of the elder I'm guilty of that That's why I need help Because sometimes I get lost Because cause people think your kindness is a weakness And sometimes it's, it's not It's not kind to be weak to yourself If you know you're going to hurt later on Just don't do it Okay, absolutely So so you mentioned the word deserve How do you qualify Who deserves and who doesn't The Holy Spirit for me That's for me the Holy Spirit. I got to not even use that word, that lame situation. Let me pray about it. Nah, I'm saying that my spirit moves fast and my spirit tells me my gut, yeah, you're nay. It, it's not no maybe I'll think about it. It's either we're going to do it right then or not. And sometimes it hurts, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, again, what the pastor said previous to me started speaking, you have to go through these bumps and bruises from God to know that God got you through it. But as long as I know I'm going through it, I'm not staying where I was. I'm growing. But if I if I'm at the same place in five years from now, and I'm I'm like y'all, you didn't make president? No, you didn't try to run? No. Okay, I, I now I can go kill myself. Just keep it one hundred. That's just not me, you know. It, 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 you, you you gotta it, you, you gotta know what you know and and know what's for you. And if if I put these shoes on and these pants and say I'm a walk. So when I say deserve, I'm saying that's from my perspective looking out. Now, I could be wrong. That might be the one thing that might not even get me to heaven. But, again, I feel that Jesus died for all sins, and it's our intentions that decide where we're going to go as opposed to we can just – Our actions. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, I helped 40 people out, but why did you help them? Was you intending to really help them, or were you helping them just to get into heaven? Mm. You get praises from your friend, from your guys versus – being pleasing in the eye of God. Dig it. Correct. Now, mm-hmm. um, Pastor, hold that thought. I want yes, you to think about that. What qualifies someone to deserve it? But first, I got to ask my wife. Wife, what qualifies somebody to deserve your help? Ooh, I, you know, when I think on, you know, when I think on that level, I, um, like, Pastor Don say one you lean on the spirit for that for that understanding um two I don't 
I don't necessarily think that that anyone is deserving of it because I think you know in some form, in some form and fashion we all fall short. So um, I think that that God and in, in my spirit, God gives me the ability to to have a little bit of compassion. And so in hearing their story or hearing the need, um, you know, whatever I can do, I will. And, you know, again, I, I agree with both the pastors when, you know, we, we talk about support. Let's, you know, let's try and avoid this accident because I, I can see that when you turn left, that car right there going to plunge through the stoplight because they got somewhere to be and you're going to get hit. So let me go ahead and tell you to turn right. So I feel like when someone comes and they need some type of help and I listen to their story, um, I choose very wisely how I help them. The unfortunate part is not everybody wants the kind of help you're going to give. Okay. So that you still have that room for a little bit of saltiness or a little bit of finger pointing or a little bit of the guilt trip because you're not giving what they're looking for. I don't know if I answered your question. Hope you so. did. You did. You did. Pastor, yes, what qualifies somebody to, to deserve? What qualifies them to deserve? Deserve, yes. Um, their help. Let me tell you how I go how I go about this, and and maybe because um, I want to make sure I understand what you're asking. But for me, every day that I go out, all right, I know that the opportunity is going to be there for me to be a blessing. All right, I, I know that I know that ahead of time, and so every opportunity, yes, it's an opportunity, but. I see it as an assignment. God has literally, you know, placed that person in front of me. And sometimes it's an assignment. Sometimes it's a, it's a, uh, and a you can you can go through a, a, a test. You can go through an attack. You know, they both feel the same. All right. So sometimes the devil's attacking you. Sometimes the Lord is testing you. But you gotta be uh, prayerful about this thing, man. And there's a scripture that talks about. And I think it's in Hebrews chapter 13. But anyway, it says something about to the essence, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing. And, you know, be careful how you entertain strangers because it might be an angel unaware. And so knowing that, knowing that I don't know who I'm going to be dealing with, my goal is not to fulfill their needs. My goal every day is to please God. So if I'm Ooh. going out to please God, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that I'm in tune, more in tune with him than I am with the opportunities. And God's not going to leave me wrong. Because here's the thing. Because I am a, a black man, because I am, you know, whether I want to admit it or not, sometimes my flesh wants to act a fool and say, well, today I'm just going to be a blessing. To, you know, it's a white guy right there, a black guy right there. My flesh might say, you know what? Help the black man. You know where he's been. You live that life. You know, so whether I want to be, you know, uh, holy and genuine and honest and fair, you know, I'm looking at two people that need help, and I got the abilities uh, to help one. You know, I'm probably I'm probably going to decide the wrong thing. So, in other words, what I do is I go out every day, not to 
you know, take care of needs. I go out to please God. And as I go out to please God, man, let me tell you, God can speak to you so quickly. God can speak to you so quickly before you even get there. He'll go ahead and tell you, you know, how to prepare yourself for this, that, and the other. So who qualifies for it? The ones that God sends your way. That's what I'll say, just like that. The ones that God sends your way. That's the ones that qualify. So in other words, I let him decide. I can dig that. I can dig that. And I I appreciate it, and I applaud all the answers. Me, me personally, (laughs) I, I believe that and true strength and, and true growth comes from going through versus avoiding. Right. So, so you got to go through things in order to grow. So, to your point, well, to all your point, you know, God, God going to talk to you. You got, you got to, you got to be obedient to to hearing His word. You know what I mean? Right. So, somebody come to, come to you. And, and sometimes you even you even may get in your feelings with with empathy and say, "Damn, I know that situation. I've been there." And God may be just reminding you not to forget where you come from. You know what I mean? So who knows? It's not it's not really for me to decide. You know what I mean? If somebody come to me and ask me for two dollars, hey, and if you say you're going to get you something to eat. And I give you these two dollars, and you go buy you a beer. That's between you and your maker. Because I did what God told me to do. Hello, good job, perfect. That's exactly why we are here. You got it. One plant, one water. God bring the increase. That's it. You don't get crazy with them. You got a beer. No, you got the beer. You got the money. Cool. That's it. As long as you don't. Okay, my my thing would give it. Okay, and I want to make sure that it's a separation here. Random people off the street on a random act of kindness. That's what we're here to do. Good Samaritan work for. Our blood. Mm-hmm. We didn't get a chance to pick them, but the people that's our family, that's in our circle, that we work with, that we can cut off, block on Facebook, put on voicemail, send their door when they call. That's when the spirit comes in and tells you what situation, and it doesn't come in with a loud voice. It's a subtle gut feeling, like somebody saying, "Don't answer that call." You already know what it's going to be, and that's the world we live in now. And as a pastor, I have to throw that out there. And if you could, moderator, OG, if you could kind of, uh, what do you, how do you feel about that? Because that's the elephant in the room. Because when you don't want to give the help, how do you deal with that? How do you kindly send somebody away? What do you tell them? Well, before I make a move, before I make a move, especially financially, I'm going to talk to my wife. And if we're in agreement, then we move. Because if somebody comes to me and I hear the story directly, emotions or, or logic may sit in. So I take it and send it to her to where she's neutral in the situation. You dig what I mean? Because if we on the same accord, then it's all good. Now, my wife is also... <laughs> the controller or the accountant as well, so she knows what those numbers are. You follow me? But at the end of the day, it's, it's about being on one accord. So when I talk to my wife and it says, you know, two or more in my name, I'll be in the midst. So essentially, I believe hmm. that, that God is there and I'm, and I'm going out to do the work of God. I'm, I'm out to help. He blessed me with resources and to my wife's point earlier, I have to be a good steward over them. I have to be wise. So I may give you this 
do this one-time thing for you. Like, you keep trying to come back and make it a habit that's not going to happen. Because I, I, I'd rather give you an opportunity or give you a job than to keep giving you a fish. Well, you become their God. You become their God and you take God out of the situation. Going in with Pastor oh. said, the, uh, the testament of your faith builds your work. But if they don't go to God no more, they can just come to you. Well, why do I Ooh. praise God? Because I can't see God. I see you. I can touch you, feel right you. I, I can get on the FaceTime with you. <laughs> I mean, I could be a little off, but that's what happens in the Bible. No, nah, but, 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 but if you can get, get to me directly... Then you haven't done you haven't done what you were supposed to do before you get to me. God is my receptionist. You supposed to talk to God first, and God go send you to me. God go put you through the line to me. You shouldn't come to me directly. God, God should come to me first and say, "Hey, I got Pastor Don on the line. He need to holler at you." Right. <laughs> Listen, that's that good feeling. About. The Bible, the Bible, <laughs> the Bible calls that discernment. You know, you we've got to have, you know, spiritual discernment and. Um, one of the stories in the Bible that kind of jumps off, at least for me, um, uh, God told Samuel, this guy named Samuel, he said, listen, go down to, to Jesse's house. Uh, Jesse's got seven boys. He's got seven sons. And one of them is going to be the next king. He said, I'll tell you which one it's going to be. Uh, Samuel was afraid and all this other stuff. He got down there, and one of them came up, one of the boys came up to him, and they said he was a fine-looking guy. You know, he had the right size. You know, he looked like a king. And for whatever reason, the Lord had told him, said, now, the way you'll know that it's the king is you'll try to pour some oil on their head, and if it's the king, the oil is going to flow. And so this man kept going through son after son after son, and finally this is what God told him. He said, look, stop looking at his appearance. Don't look at his height. Don't look at, you know, his education. Don't look at all these things. He said, you know, God is looking at the heart. And so, in other words, what he was saying was, you know, uh, I told you to go anoint him. I didn't tell you to go and choose him. So, in other words, that's the way God operates. God is saying, listen, you're my hands. You're my feet. I just need you to go for me. I'll make the decisions. You know, we got to stop, you know, especially as pastors, man. People, you know, got a habit of making superstars out of pastors or, you know, we become those people's God. Every time they got a problem, they don't pray, they call us. Every time they got a need, they don't talk to God, they come to us. And if they would go to God, then guess what? Then God may send them to us. But we've got to give them, you know, um, uh, the right advice. We've got to give them the right uh, direction and everything like that. We've got to point them to God, you know, um, sometimes during what they call anniversary in the church, oh, the pastor's been so good to me. He was up at 2 a.m. and came by the hospital. I'm like, you don't know I didn't want to. I didn't tell him. You know I didn't want to. You don't know I didn't want to come, you know, but, you know, the Lord, go over there. Lay your hands on that person. Pray for that person or whatever, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, truth be told, I want to lay in there for yes. a little while longer. Yeah, I I ain't thinking about uh, nobody else, you know, but the Lord, the Lord, because, you know, he's the one that orders my steps because that is my supervisor. That's my manager. You know, uh, that's my boss, if you will. When he says go, I I need to go. I've got to go. So I think we need to have, um, again, discernment. I think we need to 
make sure that we don't miss our assignment because like the man that was supposed to anoint the next king, he was trying to pick him. Oh, he'll look like he'll he'll look good sitting in the chair. He he, you know, God said I didn't I didn't tell you to go down there and choose the next king. I said go and anoint the next king. I've already chosen him, and the one that they actually chose was a little little dude by the name of David that was outside keeping sheep, and his daddy didn't even let him in the house. He wanted the the, the crown to go on his other brothers. Uh, on, on his other son's head So, you know, we've got to make sure That um, We're not playing God You know, who are we to decide Who to help You know, sometimes God will, you know, God may want you to help somebody That um, may, Okay, let's just say Let's just say I, I'm just throwing this name out I don't know this lady I don't know her, never met her But, okay, if I got a man out there That is asking me for five dollars He just wants $5, and Oprah's driving right by the man. And let's just say God tells me to go go give Oprah $5. Now, in my my sight and in the sight of God, that makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. But how do I know that God has not, won't mellow Oprah's heart to the point of saying, hold up, all this giving I've done, all this money I've got, and he's giving to me? Okay, so if he's giving to me, he got the right heart, the right spirit. I'm going to furnish his ministry. I'm going to donate $1,000 to his ministry. Now I can get his brother $20 as opposed to 5 You know, you got to always listen to God, man. He knows more than we know. He can see farther than we can see. And oftentimes we think that the only people that need help are the people that don't have. But some people that have need more help than anybody. It's just not in the financial realm. And so we've got to, in my opinion, stay connected to God, let God make all those decisions, and, you know, um, and, and we just listen to him and obey him. As the brother said just earlier, some plant, some water, but the increase belongs to God. So let's, let's leave him with the big stuff. You know, a lot of these things are really above our pay grade. You know, in order to make decisions like that, you might want to understand you probably need to hang on a cross first. So if you're not, if you're not going to pay the price, you probably don't want to be the boss. So let's let God make mm-hmm. those decisions, man, and let's be obedient and understand that everything he gives us, uh, you know, we're just a resource. God is the source. And everything he gives us, you know, he has a right. Everything I own belongs to God. It does. You know, my name may be on it, but it's God. And if God tell me tonight, Okay, you take this TV remote and you send it to, you know, uh, one of these brothers on the line. Well, it don't make sense, but if God says it, I need to do it. You know, and that's that's what we got to understand is that all my resources, everything I have in the bank, God, I give it back to you. And when I give it to you, you got a right to use it however you choose. And, um, you know, I don't know, man, that's just how I kind of see things. Uh, I'm not going to say I've already always seen them that way because oftentimes when I do help people, probably most of the people I help, I probably need it worse than they do. <laughs> but God has called me to be a resource. God has uh, helped me to understand that what I give you, sometimes I give, as the Bible said, seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So in other words, when he gives me something, I got to say, God, what is this for? Is this for me to take care of my problem, or is this something you've given me to take care of, you know, those that I'll encounter along the way? 
So um, it's a, it, it's not as hard as I'm making it sound. It's just all about being in touch with God and being obedient to God. I think that's, okay. you know, at least for me. Okay. So with, with that being said, with all the answers that you've heard, how you know this? This is my most famous question. How <laughs> how do you go about teaching someone or or telling someone to do such? How how can you put that into me? What can you give me to motivate me to do it that way? Because it's about making a difference now. So if we're gonna make a difference, I need to know yeah. the lesson plan. I need to know how we go do this. Okay, now are you talking about you directly or anybody in general? Because well, this is well, we, well, we talking we talking how is for everybody who's listening. So I'm gonna get a lesson out of it. Uh, Pastor mm-hmm. Don gonna get a lesson out of it. My wife gonna get a lesson out of it. Blogs are gonna get a lesson out of it. Everybody's gonna get a lesson based on what you tell us to do. How you tell us to go about doing it. Well, what I'm about to tell you, I would never tell anybody that this is the only way. I wouldn't tell anybody that I have all the answers. I would dare not do I can only speak for what I read in God's Word and what I experience in my own life. So my answer is based strictly off of that, and um, I respect Thank you for that disclosure. Say. Yeah, <laughs> I have to say it like that, man. I have to do it like that because I don't want to mess up. Uh, I think you said Pastor Don. I don't want to mess up his ministry. I don't want people to think that, you know, all of us think alike. No, we serve the same God. We have the same word. And uh, maybe God is going to use him in a different manner. But, you know, the Bible says the truth truth is what makes us free. In other words, you've got to operate in truth. And one of the um, 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 definitions and one of the attributes, I guess you would say, of God is he is the truth. So my mm-hmm. thing is this: I try to stay connected to the truth. In other words, okay. uh, brother, I, I, I've I've tried to go out of my way to develop a prayer life. In other words, on this line right now, uh, I don't know everybody. I, I just don't. But uh, when Pastor Don speaks, now that you've told me his name, I recognize his voice. Uh, when you speak, I already know your voice. I know your wife's voice. All right, I I've got that. Okay, well. In like manner, if I spend enough time with God, if I talk to him long enough, if I study his word, then I will get familiar with his voice. And when I get Mm. familiar with his voice, when he speaks, Mm. because he's truth, he can't lie. And so Mm -hmm. I I rely strictly on him. And and, um, what I do is I, I, I strengthen, I try to strengthen our relationship every day. I don't try to become better for people. I try to become. I try to get closer to God. I want to. I want to know more about Him. I want to spend more time with Him. And I'm not on my knees all day, every day. But you know, there's days I don't. I don't listen to the radio. You know, I'll just say, God, listen. You know, I'm not asking anything of you, but I just need to hear you. I just need to know that that was you. That I'm not. I'm not certain. I, I want to know. And so through my prayer life, that's why I start. Early in the morning with a little prayer call every single morning. Okay, after I have that prayer call, then, you know, I'm going to spend time with my family because that's my responsibility and, and, and all of that. But then I'm going to engage with God again. And the more time I spend with God, 
you know, if you call me, you don't have to say, hey, this is this is quick. You don't have to say that. I already know who you are. As soon as you open your mouth, I know who you are. So I'm trying to get like that with God so that as soon as he opens his mouth, you know, um, I'll know that it's God. And just like the Bible uh, said about the children of Israel, you know, um, uh, Moses didn't know that they had trouble. The Bible said that God said, listen, the children of Israel, you tell them that I've seen their tears and I've heard their cries. So God hears everybody's prayer. He knows everybody's need, and he will speak. He will speak. He will let me know, okay, today when you go out, you know, take this with you. Like, oh, why am I taking this with me? I don't need that. That's what I'm thinking. But if he say grab it, I'm going to grab it. And while I'm driving, mm-hmm. it might be six hours in the evening, I'll run into somebody that don't have an umbrella. It was sunny when I was leaving, but I got an umbrella with me. Now they're out there. And they need an umbrella, and I got it with me. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's just the way it is uh, for me. I wait on God to order my steps. I really depend on him because I'm going to miss it if I try to discern, do I help Pastor Dunn? Do I help Quick? Do I help Monica? Who do I help today? Where do I go? You know, I I can't just, I can't make decisions like that. So I depend on God. And in order to depend on God, I try to stay close, as close to him as I can. I want to please him. Mm. And I don't, I don't need people patting me on the back. I need God to say, well done. That's what I need I love, right there. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Pastor Don. Well, first off, uh, Pastor, I, I really, really appreciate you recognizing who I am and knowing what I do because with me, it's a gift and a curse. Um, I, I love coming in these platforms and not every mm-hmm. time I came to these platforms, I was in the same energy. Some days I'm a thousand miles. Some days I'm moving at five. And this happens <laughs> one of these days that I want to make sure that I, I make it perfectly plain. Plain. Everything you said was 100% right. And it would be like me trying to pray after you already closed the service. I'm going to go a different route with it. For me, it's wisdom. That's what I really feel that uh, that gives you the power to handle this thing we call the planet these things we call spirits and this wonderful thing called the annoying that's within us. And what I mean by wisdom, when when you came into my life just now, and I've heard it before, but you came in like Nathan and you said some things tonight and I can share with you all fair when Nathan was the only person that came to David was like, Hey, you're doing it wrong. And he was the only one that had the power that could go do that. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody can do that. Uh, David was a man after God's heart. So not everybody could throw those stones, but he didn't just throw the stones. He came in an analogy. But if you didn't know what was going on, it just went over everybody's head. We're going to move that to the side. As far as on the wisdom platform, I feel like that because we lack resources and knowledge, we get this uh, stuff and it going to chemically inherited in our brain and these endorphins and all this stuff start moving around in our brain and our heart and our spirit goes out the window and the dirt just make, make us up and the air that we breathe and the stuff that goes on, we just lose it. So we edge God out and at the end of the day when it's edging God out, it's hard to bring him in. So uh, when I pray, I pray for wisdom a lot to lead my people. 
and mm-hmm. as uh, a guy like and I, and I got to give you props, Pastor. You are a resourceful guy. You know your purpose on this planet. Is millions of people running around here that don't know their purpose, and we all are not using a hundred percent of our brain. We only use ten percent of it. So we're not operating in our full capacity. So when we operate in the spirit, we do amazing things. That's why I know one day or another I'm gonna fly. Now it might sound crazy, but. I know it's going to happen, but with wisdom, I know if I jump off a building, the the, the laws of gravity is going to take me down. I know if I hop in a plane, I'll be safe enough. I can fly in a plane, but with wisdom, there's no way that I could just sit here and say that I'm going to be able to fly. But without the wisdom from God to know, let me go call this guy, talk to these people, get the right knowledge here and there, I can't build anything like that. And at the same time, in the Bible, it teaches us that we're supposed to go after wisdom. And once you get wisdom, you will know why you're fearing the Lord. You will know why you're looking for the Lord. Because sometimes mm-hmm. we can hear the Lord, but we don't know that we're listening to the Lord. It's like if somebody is from Japan and they're being spoke to from somebody from Spain and they're speaking hardcore Spanish, they're talking, they're looking at the body language. They can tell there's an issue, but nobody can understand what's being said. But at the same time, with the right wisdom, you don't get the grapevine watered down church knowledge where it starts off when it's number one. By the time you get down to the 10th person or 10th there and where it really needs to belong, it's nothing what it was in the beginning. Here's an example. The sky is black at number one. By the time it gets down to number 10, it's white and it's not even a sky. It's a white ocean. It's totally off the cuff. So I say all this to say, I ask for wisdom and to the people, like he said, and he said it 100%, you have to seek a relationship with God 100%. I ask, well, once you seek a relationship with God, ask for wisdom so you can honor and value that relationship. If you have a brick of gold and you don't know what it took to make that gold and how much stuff it had to be done, you don't appreciate that gold. But if you're the guy that's mining that gold or you're the guy that went to school for 190 hours a week learning about gold and how it and why it's so important and how it works in the chemicals. And you could come in with a piece of paper and say, hey, that brick over there that y'all have been sitting on and putting coffee cups on, yeah, that brick is worth a million dollars. And now generations will change because the right wisdom was there. If you don't have the information and knowledge, it doesn't work. So everything you said was right on point. That's my take on it. I'm moving out the way. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Pastor Don. Wife. <laughs> Wife. Yes. My question to you. Um, How? If there's anything left to be said, by the way. <laughs> gosh, you know, I was gonna say they covered it. They covered it all. But I'm gonna give it to you in lamest terms. You know, you take the opportunity. One, you ha- you do have to be in tune with God. Um, I think the unfortunate and and a, a real factor in this is that not not everyone who seeks help has a relationship with God or knows how to establish a relationship with God. So for you to have that relationship with God is very necessary. And I think that um, you use that moment to teach that person whatever it is um, that would help them get better. Like Pastor had hit on once, you know, that they, they may be coming to you for money, but what they really need is a job. So what you have to do is you have to sit and, and first and foremost listen to the issue at hand and um, let them ask you for exactly what they need. And then, you know, use your relationship, the the relationship that you have with God to 
that wisdom that, that you've gotten and that life experience and the word um, so that you can bring truth into it so that you know how to maneuver forward. And and hopefully um, out of that help that they came to you looking for or out of the many handout, handout that you've given them, uh, your relationship will take a different turn. You'll, you know, that relationship will either flourish and they'll continue to to seek you or continue to to ask you for wisdom and knowledge and, you know, maybe even ask you, how do you pray? Can can you pray with me um, and, and go from there? Or the, the relationship diminishes because all they want is what they want and, and not necessarily what it's God, not necessarily what God desires for them to have. Dig that. That's a whole nother perspective, and and I really appreciate that. Um, I think that for me, I'm I'm still I'm still young at this, and and Pastor, you know, Pastor Robinson, excuse me, you know that uh, you you told me <laughs> that this is a ministry, and and I ducked and dodged and and, and ran from those raindrops the longest because I didn't see myself in that light. So with that being said, with these lessons that y'all are giving me, now I know how to kind of mitigate or maneuver. But first thing first is to seek wisdom for what I've heard this panel tell me. You got to seek the wisdom from God. You got to have the relationship. My wife asked a question earlier, or she made the statement to me that it's easier to go into the military than it is to go in a church and have a church home. With that being said, for people like me who's trying to go into the church, how can how can that become easier so that I can develop the relationship, so I can get the weekly fellowship, so I can, you know, do some work so I can go out here and be stronger and my relationship with God be improved. <laughs> Let's start with you, Pastor Robinson. Yeah, I'm not taking that, Pastor Robinson. It's not easy for me. I I would not lie. Not not lie. No. I, I was honest. I didn't even. I've I've been off for the last two minutes, so I was hugging my baby. She didn't go to bed, so I didn't hear words for the last two minutes. I'm sorry. You you became secondary for a minute there. So, oh, so you can go ahead with what I, I was saying. I don't know what it was. Said, uh, last time I heard, I heard Miss Monica dropping some knowledge. I just that's the last thing I heard. Pastor Don, I'm gonna go ahead and start with you. Yeah. And Pastor Rob is so good, he gonna fill in. Watch. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would tell you like this, and this is off the cuff. Uh, church is a business, and as a pastor, to any of my members, please don't take this personal. It's not easy to go to church. I need people to come to church on a business level to keep the lights on. Uh, you got to take care of God's house in the Bible. They said, render to a season, a season through. We have to follow the law. Okay, we can't pass that. As a human being, it's hard to get up, brush your teeth, and go be around a lot of people that lied about you the night before, and and you're trying to go get clean in your spirit. I don't know anybody other than rich people that go get dirty 
in a mud bath to go get even dirtier and another mud bath down the way where you got to go from one establishment to the next. My point that I'm making is going to church is the hardest thing in the world you can ever do. And because the church hurt that happens and it's happened before you got there on your way and all the nonsense you deal with getting there, it's hard. So from my perspective, me looking out, I don't preach the message about one brick and mortar building I preach the message about dealing with the spirits of God in whatever capacity, place, space, time, entity, where it's most comfortable for you. We're having church right now. We're in church. But at the same time, I don't forsake the facsimile. I don't forsake the actual action of the service, uh, doing the prayer, the altar call. Breakthroughs happen at church that can't happen at your house. But at the same time, you get broken going to church that you won't get broken if you don't leave your house. So now it's a sense of wisdom. You have to know how much willing are you to be broken this week. Every week is something different. And certain things are not to be endured. So for me, on a grand scale for the majority for my whole congregation, I don't enforce showing up to the building as much as more so the relationship of the spirits that's in the church. If the church is a mega church, that's one thing. It's like an airport, but if it's a small church or 75 to 50 members, it's still the same spirit. How does the usher treat me? What does the people look like? Do the people look like me? Do they feel like me? Is it a diversity here? All these are questions you should ask. As far as it being easy to go to church, my answer to that question is no. It's the hardest thing in your life you can ever do, and it's the hardest thing you can ever make a commitment you can make. That's my answer, and I'm stepping out the way. Okay, so Pastor, you Pastor Robinson, you caught up with us now? I didn't hear the question. I heard a very good answer, but I, All right. I don't know. I, I know, right? I, 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 I know the question doesn't even matter. But no, um, my, my wife made mention earlier. She says, you know, it's, it's it's harder to join the church than it is to go in the military. And how can we make that make that easier, right? And as soon as you answer that, wife, I'm not going something just came over my spirit. So, Pastor, please answer that, and I'm going to take this in a whole other direction. I promise y'all. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, first of all, um, I think we need to really just identify, you know, the church, because a lot of times we think that building is the church, and that's not the case. You know, I'm the church. Pastor Don is the church. You're the church. You know, the building is just where we meet. You know, what we're doing right now, that's why you have to be in prayer about what church you visit or and or link up with because uh, if you ever want to, you know, deal with some messy stuff, come to church because everybody that come in there is broken, hurting, and on the cusp of killing somebody usually. Uh, so in other words, all I'm saying is this, man, um, <laughs> The church is not the answer. God is. I'm not saying don't go to church because I heard Pastor Don say don't forsake the assembly. You know, that's the answer for a lot of people. You can get some answers uh, at church. But for me, if you're going to go to church, you pray about where you go, and you make sure you keep your focus on God. Don't go there for uh, relationships with people. Don't go there trying to be like anybody. You go so that you can find out your purpose and you can find out more about God. But the best thing you can do is spend time with God privately on your own, reading the word, praying, 
and and doing things like that because as we don't like to talk about it because it almost gives the church a bad name. But in reality, uh, I hate to say it like this, and please don't take it wrong, anybody on this line, I don't mean don't go to church. Church has its place. It really does. Um, But Jesus didn't go to church that much. There were only a few occasions where he actually entered the synagogue. Um, The Bible said he went in one time because the church was really out of order, and he tore the church up. You know, they were doing things that were not of God, you know. So my thing for you, man, is plain and simple. You pray. You pray, and you tell God, I want to know more about you. And you follow that same process that we gave you earlier. You pray and you ask God for wisdom. Now, if God can tell you which woman to marry, he can tell you what scripture to read. He can also tell you which church you need to avoid, which church you need to visit, which church you need to, you know, um, establish yourself in. But you got to stay connected to God and ask God for wisdom. The Bible said that God as Solomon said, listen, anything that you want, I don't care what it is, you can have it. What do you want, Solomon? Solomon said, I want wisdom. And so, you know, that's what you've got to do. Pray and say, God, you know what? I I I need direction. I need leadership. I need to get under a covering. I need somebody that's going to point me in the right direction and speak truth. You know, every time I get up to speak, one of the things that just offends me is people come in and, you know, turn to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, whatever. And as soon as the scriptures read, they close their Bible. I could be talking about Mary had a little lamb, you know, or Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. They don't want it for themselves. They want me to tell them what to do instead of reading for themselves and establishing that life. And so all I'm saying is this, man, don't get caught up in thinking that um, that brick-and-mortar building is going to, um, you know, work miracles for you. I, God knows I'm not against the church. That's where um, I operate out of the church, but I do more ministry outside of those walls than I do. You know, the church is nothing but that huddle. We come in, we huddle up, and we figure out what play we need to run. Then you go back to your shop, and Monica goes back to her spot, and Pastor Don goes back to his spot, and we all go and do what we should have learned on that Sunday. Then we come back again, get some more strength, more instruction. But, you know, like he said, uh, really it's turned into a business. And unfortunately, uh, it's got a black eye right now. And uh, I'm praying for, I'm, I'm praying for the church. I really am that we will find our purpose and operate in that. So don't know if that answers your question, you know, but, um, you know, um, that's all I got, man. At least for right now. Well, you've given you've given some. You've given you've given you've given a lot, and I thank you. And I know Pastor Don is over there itching. Pastor Don, what's man, you I just I just wanted to commend you because you kept it real. And a lot of uh, and I want to say this and stuff very lightly. I tell people when we get on these platforms. Whatever platform that represents Sparta, like in the movie 300, you got to speak very lightly. But 
you didn't you took your mask off and a lot of pastors can't do that because they don't know who's listening. They homeboy and they partner that they w- went to school with, you know, they don't they don't run their churches the same way. But when they go to lunch they have these conversations. But we're having yeah. a pastor chambers conversation in front of the whole world. So I just yes, for that. And at the same time, uh, you might not agree 85% of the way I delivered a message, you might not agree with the aggressiveness, but the 15% that's truth, you're not bucking on. So just that alone, man, it's like I move off the spirit and I don't have to say things like I can be up under your, your leadership, but I understand why now. And I know with all the wonderful things you've done, you've had those days where people spit in your face, not necessarily spit in your face, but done some real quick stuff and you still got up. And for me, uh, being a pastor, our little nickname in turn, we called it victory runs. This one, the, uh, the girl that's been dealing with the abusive boyfriend and they got three kids and he keep beating her up and we keep getting the call at two o'clock in the morning only on first Sunday. At the first of the month, we get this call. The other three weeks, they cool. But at the first of the month, man, we got to move them. And it's a midnight move. And they always call us when they ain't pack their stuff. So instead of us coming and it's all in boxes and stuff like that, we got clothes. We got our mentionables. Everything that we don't want to see, tampons. I mean, it's just like everything, like a bomb went off. And we got to hurry up and get this stuff. And a couple times the dude is there. Now, mind you, she's like, Five two, about two hundred pounds. He's like six five, about four fifty, but all solid. Like he just jumped off a uh, like a wrestling program or something, you know. And we got to interact with this dude, and he got his boys there. They drinking. We're trying to be holy, but at the end of the day, we all go. When you said it, everybody in church is undercover killers. I was like, wow, you you really know about this word and this walk. So when you make those kind of victory runs and you go through that. When somebody said, yeah, I made a victory run too, but they didn't say a victory run, but everything they said, oh, yeah, that was a victory run. I, I no doubt about so it. This, this is a war, no, bro. No <laughs> the war is won from everyday battles. You know what? I, Absolutely. Man, stay, stay real with, with what you're doing, man, because I don't, know, I don't know when we started wearing these masks and trying to, you know, um, hide and all of this. The Bible said Jesus showed his wounds and his scars and said, hey, look, look at this. So there's no need of me lying. You know, I, it is what it is. I just had a uh, young girl today, 32 years old, seven kids, seven kids, seven kids. And this guy, her husband, quote unquote husband, is just, I mean, beating her like he's beating a man. And she's calling and saying, listen, I don't understand why he's doing this. Can you please explain this to me? Sweetie, you don't need an explanation. You need a way of escape right now. You know, you, you got to get away from him. You know, you, you don't need to understand him. You need to get away from him. You know, and things like that, y'all. It is, it is amazing how, you know, people think that church is all about the pretty sermons and all of that. That's the easy part. That's, that's the easy part. Like you said, those victory runs, that's the tough thing. But Quentin's got something that's itching him. I feel it. I don't know what it is, but something's itching on him. What is it? Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's on me. It's on me like a cloak that there's somebody listening that need that breakthrough. They need a breakthrough. Wow. Okay? And I know with the two of you on the line, with my wife on the line, with me listening, and we all – together in the spirit that you two can pray them through this breakthrough. 
please wow. do that favor for them. Please. Wow. 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 Well, I, okay. Well, I guess I'll, I guess I'll start. Well, listen, my brother, my sister, whoever you are, I don't know, you know, what your problem is. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're waiting on. I have no clue. But I want you to know that, uh, first and foremost, God still loves you. He's listening to you. He knows everything there is to know about you, and he does have a set time. And now I will say this to you. He's more concerned about you than he is your problem. He wants you. And if he gets you, your problem at some point will be taken care of. Now, I'm going to say this to you, and and I mean it with all sincerity. Um, I know you feel like you've reached your lowest point. I know that you feel like you can't get any worse. I got that or whatever. But regardless of what goes on, God is right there with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to deny you. God is right there with you. And my words to you is to call out to him. You don't have to pray like everybody you've seen on TV. You don't have to pray like um, you heard your grandmama pray. Listen, he can hear you. Call him. Just call him out right now. Just say, God, God, I need you. God, I don't know the order. I don't know, you know, how to do all these things. But all I know is that I need you. I need you right now. And I want you to understand that when God sends your answer, He's not going to come down here himself and fix it. He's going to send it through somebody. And I say that because when uh, the answer does come, I don't want you to reject it. I want you to understand, don't make God any promises, you know, just out of your desperation. Just let God know that you're here. Let God know that you're you're available to him, you know, and, and go from there. And I promise you, I promise you, the Bible is full of examples. Uh, but if you don't even have a Bible right there, listen, I'll give you my own personal, personal, personal examples. Um, things are okay for me right now, but just two weeks ago, you know, one of my sons in the ministry, you know, died of cancer. His wife called. He's got two children. That was a low point for me. And I thought that was as low as it could get. But let me tell you what happened next. The house that I'm living in. Um, the actual owner of the house said, well, you know what? I know you've been there for a minute, and uh, but I decided I'm not going to sell the house. Matter of fact, I'll be moving back in um, August, so you got to find somewhere to live. I thought that was low enough, but then my vehicle all of a sudden just, just went haywire, and it was time to either get another vehicle or get an engine for this vehicle. But I thought that was bad enough, but then my son was in school, and while he's there doing great, working, um, great GPA, boy doing nice, but then all of a sudden he's itching and can't figure out what it is, and there's bed bugs in uh, his dorm room, and he's all eating up in the back and all of that. All of this is going on at the exact same time, and I, so it got rough for me. But you know what I did? I stopped. I stopped. And I said, God, I don't know the reason, but I do know you're able to bring me through all of it. Now, please understand that, you know, God hasn't changed my location. He hasn't changed my situation. But day by day, I'm getting stronger. It's calls like this. I get on here and I get the strength to just keep going. So I just want you to know you're not in this by yourself, my brother and my sister. You hang on, and I promise you it's going to get better because he's God. Don't you quit where you are. Don't you quit where you are. 
and I'm praying for you. So, Pastor Don, I'm just going to leave it right there. Well, I, I want to say this. No matter what you go through, um, there's thousands. Yes, baby, you're right. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels around you that are protecting you. They're giving you the strength to listen to this broadcast. They're giving you the strength to go. And as the strength of the word, the word, the world, the existence, the universe came into by the word. And the only way you can get to faith is by hearing. So coming from Pastor Robinson going out to Pastor Don Jr., CEO, as I minister to you, I minister to myself, and as I go through my trials, situations, tribulations, I cuss, I smoke, I drink, I don't do it right. But every day, when that sun comes up, I have another 24 hours. When I open my eyes, from the next point I close my eyes to get it right with God, and it goes back into the topic of discussion. We don't have the power to pick and choose who deserves the help. But at the end of the day, we have to help because we have to do the what's good for the, the God spirits, and we all spirits here in the same fight. Just as Pastor Robertson said, we have to keep pressing no matter that we don't see the end result. When you look at the thing, the four-letter word called time, it only moves forward. On your VCR, your DVR, you can push, pause, stop, and rewind. On your life, you can't do that. You're only going forward. And because the Holy Spirit if you're going to guide you, help you with the wisdom, Jesus already gave us the coupon to get in. That's why we was redeemed. God is going to accept us into heaven because he will not accept no mess. So even though you might be feeling like you're at your lowest point, there's always somebody else that's out there that's going through it lower than you. And not only are they going through it lower than you, it's hard for them to understand why life is happening. But at the same instance, as you're making a, a plan of action, don't feel bad when you fail because you did attempt to make a plan. And when you're so convoluted when you can't make a plan, that's God pushing you not to break you but to make your muscles grow stronger. If you go to the workout gym and you want to get in shape, you have to break your muscles in order for them to become stronger. Mm. If you've never been in a relationship and you've never been tested, if everything is hunky-dory and there's no test, there's no way to know to value a relationship. And every relationship is always going to be an aggressor. And our relationship with God, God is constantly blessing us when we're sinners and we don't deserve to be blessed. But at the end of the day, we have the free will to go bless somebody else. So while well, he's blessing us in our mess Are we worthy and picking and choosing Who's worthy or we're being gods And doing the right thing to the universe And acting in his will and helping others That we don't want to help Well we're doing the same thing he's doing for us So saying that no matter how low you feel Don't feel like you're out of God's arms Because A he knew you were you was going to be He know that he's going to pick you back up And when he pick you back up He's going to love you we as people and humans, we kick each other when we're down, henceforth hurts hurt. When we kick each other and spit on each other, and it's hard for us to live and then take anybody else in. So as we move forth in the years and days and weeks and months to come and the thousands of steps we're going to have and we leave this place, anybody on the sound of my voice, if you're broken, know that God's seen it. He knew it was going to happen. He's going to give you the power. And even when you feel like you lost, it's the experience and the wisdom he's going to usher in with that experience for you to testify, like Pastor Robinson said to somebody else, to give them the strength to go. So even in your loss, you win twice as much. My name is Pastor Don Jr., CEO. I'm running for president in 2024. I'm here. I love y'all. Be blessed. Thank you.
my wife. Talk talk to this young man. Talk to this young woman. Please. Um, you know, just like just like the both the pastor said, you know, when when you're down, don't this isn't you're not out of the fight. You know, you stay in there, you're hanging there and, and, and we talked a lot about a lot of different things tonight, but First and foremost, I want you to to just remember that um, you're not out there by yourself. You have all access, just like we all on the phone do, to a relationship with God. You don't have to walk in the church of anybody's doors. You You don't have to pick up the phone and call anybody. You can fall down on your knees, grab your Bible, and pray and get that relationship for yourself. And, you know, just stay in the fight. You know, we we all, we all have it. We all have been there. We all have been down in multiple different situations. You heard Pastor Robinson talk a little bit about what he's gone through. And, and we've, you know, me and my family have had the same things go on at, at once. You know, just different situations from the devil attacking our children to our finances to, you know, extended family members to our jobs to our business, you know, it all at once. And um, you got to stay in there. You got to pray. And it's it's never not a moment too late. Well, thank y'all, y'all. But I'm almost I'm going to put my two cents in from the other side, from the streets. I'm not perfect. I'm not holier than thou. And I'm not going to talk to you as such. But I do know that joy comes in the morning. In my mind, that morning comes the moment you yell out for Jesus. That moment you cry out for God and say, Lord, here I am. It doesn't matter what you say after that. It's just those words right there. Lord, here I am. Fight close to death, several occasions. Wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. Was doing what I thought was right at the time for whatever reason I was doing it. You're human just like I'm human. He's forgiven me. He's helped me. He's delivered me. He's put me in the presence of great people, of great people, to whom some I've never met, some I've met through other people. But I do know that he will do it for you. He will give you favor. He will give you mercy. He will give you everything that you, that you need to better your situation just like you've done millions and millions of people, millions upon billions of times. So please don't feel like you're alone in this. We're here. If you hear our voice, my brothers, my spirit mate, my wife, we are here. We've gone through it, and in unison, we know and believe and have faith that you can get through it as well. That's all I have. As the, I, I want to pick up the floor real quick, and I got to say this: um, everybody has a different idea on what uh, 
what's good, bad, or indifferent. And your perception is your perception, and I and I have to give this to y'all because, man, y'all said a lot of powerful stuff. And um, one thing about the the Word of God, it always taught us that we have to we have to plant it like like uh, when they had Jehovah or Dryer, they they marked it like boom, we recorded it. So what I, I want to read this, and every time I come on here, and the last one was on here, I, I do remember hearing Pastor Robinson, and as he was speaking and closing. Uh, that, that was deep, but uh, I definitely got to read this. It's really important, and this is for everybody. Uh, if you hear me say I, I am, uh, put yourself in that situation. As I minister to you, I minister to myself. But it reads, this is the day, my day. I will control what I can and release of that what I can't. I will be confident in my words and in myself. Resilience will trump rejection. Favor will overcome frustration. For every yes, I have secured a victory. For every no, I have planned to see. Every contact is a new opportunity, a new challenge, a moment of truth. I'm important. I make a difference. I'm blessed from above, inspired by those around me. I am powerful. I am loved. Each humble moment, I am thankful. For I have become stronger. For I have become stronger. For I have become stronger. Today is my day. This is my calling. I'm the voice of, and for many, the unborn, the hungry. I'm an ambassador for humanity created by the Almighty. Thank you for all. I shall prevail. Uh, I leave that with y'all because y'all, um, three spirits that I can hear, but the three trillion spirits behind y'all that y'all connected to via the internet, via life, via y'all experience, uh, generational curses, generational successes, all that. It's just special what I see that's happening for this broadcast, and it's, I, I get the information random. I'm moving a thousand miles a minute, but y'all are really doing it, walking it like I. What I read every day, y'all are actually embodying this. So yes, God is 100% in control, and He's going to bring you back. But as a spirit, don't feel like you're done. The wind never stops moving. We don't know where it comes from, but we don't know where it's going either. Mm. But we know it's going. Right. We don't know where it came from, but it's still going somewhere because it's not staying there. Oh, for sure, for sure. I agree with you 100. Mm. <laughs> percent I want to thank. I want to thank Pastor. I'm sorry. You got anything? Nah. The only thing I want to add. I love that. I think the first time I heard Pastor Don, uh, he shared that at a, a very weak time for me, and it blessed me, and it blessed me again tonight. So. Thank God for that. And I want to say that to everybody, you know, I know sometimes it feels like you've just been absolutely buried. It looks like you can't see anything. But, you know, sometimes, man, instead of being buried, you know, look at it and say, no, I haven't been buried. I've been planted. Same dirt, but if you're buried, you're not getting up. But because you've been planted, you're going to bloom again. It will happen for you. So you be be patient, stay strong, stay prayerful, and know that God is right there. As long as God is for you. It don't matter who or what is going to be against you. So just remember that I'm not buried, I'm planted, and I will bloom in God's timing. So keep going. I know you're crying, but a lot of those tears are just water, that ground that you're in. And at some point, uh, God's going to make sure that uh, you'll see that morning that this brother was talking about, you know, it's going to come again. So God bless you. Wife, do you have anything? No, no. I mean, I've 
on, on a more selfish note, I mean, I just got to be real. You know, I think that, that you know, I, I have to say tonight what this call has done for me and, you know, a um, lot of things going on and in my mind and sleepless nights because of, you know, different responsibilities and stuff. But um, right now I can say that my heart is smiling because I've truly been blessed by um, all of the comments and, and all of the information that we've been able to um, get on this call. And um, so I got to be a little selfish with that, but um, thank you. That's all. Well, I, I thank all of y'all. Um, like I said, this is this is my this is this is my revival. This is this, so this is not my my Sunday service. This is that that moment when, after hard day's work, and you found the strength, and you found you know, the testicular fortitude to get up and go. And that's what happens when the three of you, or when everybody's on the line. But I know when, when Pastor Robinson comes and Pastor Don and my spirit mate, when, when she comes, I know that it's, it's going to be all right. <laughs> and I know if it's all right with me, it's going to be all right for everybody who's in earshot of it. So I thank y'all. I can't thank y'all enough. Pastor Robinson, thank you. Pastor Don, thank you. Wise, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I, I I feel like I should see y'all like an edible arrangement or something. Like like um I can't thank y'all enough because y'all have revitalized me. Now I'm ready to to go and take on, hey, I'm, I'm ready to find Goliath. What's happening? I'm looking for him. Cause I... Man, you got to get that cup refilled, and that's the whole thing. And what people don't understand, and I want to share this with you, when we crack these airwaves, I, I personally, I'd rather preach in this church with four people. Not that I know or don't know, it's just four people. Because when I'm on these airways, because I understand Wi-Fi and how far the world with its own demand, this thing called the internet, we're touching the whole planet. It's only a matter of time before somebody stumble on this show. So it's like you, you're as you're putting your spirit out there. It's millions and millions of spirits from now until eternity pulling at your spirit that you're running right now. Spirit never leaves. Mm. You, your dirt might go. Mm. Our people, <laughs> our spirits are still here. And from shows like this, our legacy is there. So that's why we still talk about Jesus right now. That's why his spirit is. Mm. If his spirit wasn't powerful enough, he wouldn't be like Jesus' name. <laughs> mm. It'd be somebody else's name, and that's the truth. Bigger, bigger, so bigger. It, 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 it's man. That's why if you ever notice when I talk, I use a seven-letter word, destiny. I use that word a lot because it's not by chance that I was sent. But at the same instance, it took me 20 years to figure out I was chosen. Now, seven years ago, I couldn't have been on this conversation because I was all over the place. I was still on the fence. I didn't know who what my purpose was. But that's why I love when I heard Pastor Robinson speak because it's purpose, passion, and planning. He planned for one thing, but all that planning worked into his purpose, where his passion is excelling. Mm. Wow. And, 
and it's powerful. Don't forget that. We, we left that one out. With all those three, it's quick, it's powerful. <laughs> man, I'll, I'll, I'll get out of the way, man. I, 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 I just, I really know what y'all about to do. And the only reason why I said what y'all about to do, when you're a farmer and you plant seed, you can see in an empty lot what trees and forests are going to be. But if you never planted a seed, you want to know. But I can say this. Y'all got to grow into what it's going to be. But once the rest of the world catch up, I see y'all on NBC uh, or ABC. And I, I imagine watching TV at 2 o'clock in the morning, y'all on one channel. Next channel, it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. Like y'all, y'all everywhere. Because that, wow. you know, this kind of stuff you can't put in a box. And and, wow. and everybody wants the man to come on. I'm telling you, I promise you, it's going to happen. And then I have the power to make it happen. <laughs> it's one thing for you to say stuff like that, but if you got the resources, the wisdom, and the actual annoying, and you feel it in the room, well, I, if I'm gonna go with somebody carnal, and the Bible said, "Don't cast your pearls on my swine," I rather put the right people in the right places. We we can't fix the house from outside the house. They say be in the world, but not of the world. We're not trying to fix the world, but if we ain't trying to fix our house, we can't fix it from a hundred miles down the road. We got to be. Oh yeah, that, that roof is leaking. Oh man, yeah, the concrete is bad. So you, you get what I'm saying? And, and I love what uh, Pastor Robinson said. We gotta, we gotta remember. Not everybody's gonna understand. We damn million dollar house. They come from places where they could put their dirty feet on the couch. It's cool. You, you get it? So we gotta, we we gotta let people be who they are. So man, I'm, I'm excited mm. about y'all movement. I'm gonna get more proactive. I, I haven't sunk my teeth into it yet, but tonight I gotta wake in. Y'all thought y'all woke up? I woke up. <laughs> well, well, when we do on NBC, ABC, CNN, whatever, promise me you'll come visit us. Promise me you'll come sit down with us. Well, then Brother, say less. Then we it's, it's, it's all good. God is only sending well, these places the bill that's going to be a part of the presidency. All these well, you make that sure I'm you, you, I'm gonna have to go right back down on the same road. Jesus is well, saying, you, you look at his ministry, and he went out to those same places, and he wound up right back at home so they can kill him. Make sure yeah. you revisit this child support that ain't nobody talked about since 1839. Child support. Yes. I put that on there. I put that on your platform, on your ticket or whatever it's called. I, you know what? I, I I really need to let you spearhead that because with the energy you have for it, I I've dealt my own business about all the things in the world you said and you said that that's something that you're gonna have the perfect passion to get it done. See, I'm the guy that if you're passionate about it, I rather you do it. And I'm like Walt Disney. If you bring it to me and I say, "Is this your best?" You say, "No." You bring it to me 20 times and you say it's not your best. If you bring it to me once and you say it's your best, I'm going to trust your judgment because you're the best in your field. I don't want to tell a contractor or a master builder, you don't know what you're doing because I don't build buildings. You know what I'm saying? You you got something here with what you're doing, and I know how to make audience come to things, but a lot of times I drive from the records that's not of right spirit. It put food on the table, but it's not helping the universe, and I did it for so many years. So, it's not a catch-up thing, and I love what Pastor Robinson said. It's not the fact that I don't want to get up and go pray for the old lady in the nursing home. It's the fact that I got to leave my wife. I got to go 20 miles. I got to get everything ready because before I make it to her, I'm going to see something else. So all the way up there, I'm stopping mm. for everybody else. And then I have to make sure I come with the initial energy. Not saying that I'm not doing my job for God, but as a carnal man, the spirit is being plugged and pulled away from me. So by the time I go on the initial mission, 
I'm not full 100%, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, that's when they take over. They say, you said this, you said this, you said that, you said this. I don't remember anything I said because I was out of gas. Dig it, dig it. So I'm moving out the way, man. Like I said, we got to talk outside the show so I don't put it out there. But I'm saying to you all, in the long haul, it's going to happen. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, Pastor, your heart and mind clear? Oh, definitely yes, so. Definitely so. Yes, sir. Pastor Don, your heart and mind clear? I'm ready. Wife, my spirit mate, is your heart and mind clear? Yes, dear. Well, before we ask Pastor Robinson to pray us out, I'm going to let y'all know we'll be back on Thursday. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are now on officially twice a week. So feel free to call. You know the number. If not, the number is 929-477-2978. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For everybody who's in earshot of this, thank you. Please be blessed. Pastor Robinson. Lord, first and foremost, we just want to say thank you. It is amazing, God, that we can be at different locations but feel the same spirit. It is amazing how you move, Lord, through the airways. It's amazing how you can take technology such as the Internet and use it to uh, spread your word. God, I am blessed tonight as uh, many are, I just do believe, but none of it matters unless you get glory out of it. God, this is never supposed to be about us. It's supposed to always be about you. And so, God, first and foremost, your word tells us to enter your gates with thanksgiving. So I tell you, thank you tonight. Thank you, God, for the opportunity. Thank you so much for the wisdom we received. Thank you so much, God, for the truth we received. And thank you so much, God, for a forum where we can actually be helped. Lord, it's not about my opinion. It's not about my situation and my circumstance. It's all about you, God, and you're using us. You're using us, Lord God, to to reach out. We're just your, your hands, your arms, your eyes, your voice. But, God, it's all about you. Now, God, I pray that you will um, reach those that feel like, they're beyond reach. I I know that you know where they are. I know you know how to put the right people in the right place at the right time. And God, I pray that someone would just cry out to you tonight, that they will understand that you know what, even though you're a God of order, Lord, when we call you, you do hear us. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will strengthen all of us to understand that what we do for you, that's what really matters. Help us, God, to understand our power comes from you. Our purpose comes from you. Lord, thank you so much again for this line. I pray, God, for the brother that established the line. I pray for he and his wife, and I pray that he'll understand that this is his ministry. I pray that you'll give him the answer that he needs concerning, you know, maybe um, a church home or whatever, but never let him uh, allow himself to be tainted to where he's not doing what you called him to do. I pray for Pastor Don right now, God, in the name of Jesus, God, that, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would give him, that's something you're trying to get to him. There's a fresh revelation you're trying to pour on him, and I pray, God, that he will open up and receive it. 
And whatever your intent is for him, use him to the glory of God. I thank you, God, for making divine connections because whenever you establish relationships, fruit becomes uh, available to countless others. So thank you so much, God. Thank you for everything. I give your name the praise, honor, and the glory. It's not about me. And I speak rest tonight, peace tonight. I speak sweet dreams tonight. I speak that we will have dreams and visions on this night. Thank you so much, God. Thank you so much. And whatever the devil has canceled tonight, be it death or destruction, we cancel that right now in the name of Jesus. So thank you for everything. We give your name the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Thursday. I'll talk to y'all then. Until then, be safe and be well. More importantly, be blessed.